Yeah! Hi, everyone. We're back for round two. Well, I guess not round two. It's a whole other episode. We're recapping um, Alyssa Edwards' Netflix show, Dancing Queen. We're doing episode four with Sirius XM Radio's Larry Flick from his own show, In Depth, with Larry Flick. He interviews all the drag I'm liking queens. This, I'm liking this scruffy look on you, by the way. Is it scruffy? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, to me, well, you're not, like, you're, not, uh, you're, not, yeah. you're kind of giving me, like, you know... Neck like beard realness. Two-day beard growth and, like, tossed curly hair. It's very... It's I'm gonna very how you, you doing. I know. I'm going to tell you something as a Mexican. I'm. I, this is where the, like, the, the indigenous part of me comes out. You said two-day growth. This might be a week. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, it takes me a lot. Like, when I shave, I only shave once a week. So this is, oh wow! Yeah, this is like it looks really good on you, though. Oh, really? really good. I don't. It doesn't grow in on my cheeks as much. It doesn't matter because it's just scruff. Yeah. Oh, really? Designer oh. stubble. My boyfriend. I'm gonna tell my boyfriend that you said that. Yeah. No, it's very. It's very like. Uh, I'm going home to give my man rug burns tonight. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We are live on Mixler.com slash Drag Race Recap, <laughs> where everyone is a big fan of Larry Flick. In fact, let's get this roast a cooking asks. How can we listen to Larry's interviews again? Larry, do you want to tell her? Well, um, you can find me on SiriusXM.com slash On Demand or follow me on social media at Larry Flick on Twitter and Facebook. And every day we put what's called a deep link to the interview of the day, which means we're giving you access to the interviews for free. Yeah. So just just follow me on social media. I po- Every afternoon I post a link. If you go to my social media right now and just scroll through it, you'll see links to really every interview that's that's been on the show for two months. Mm-hmm. And we've had some really, really big stars on, some really big stars. Uh, and, and we've had three drag race stars since this is kind of a, you know, a drag friendly crowd. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Needles was on last week, a rare exclusive interview with Sharon. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Shangela, uh, where she gives, gave some really good tea about being on a star in a star is born. Mm-hmm. And also what she, um, would have done had she gotten to sing, gotten to perform, I should say the final lip sync. Mm-hmm. And I, I, guarantee, I would bet my rent money for a year, if she had gotten picked, she would have won. That's probably why she wasn't picked. They, yeah. <laughs> they have to give Trixie Mattel that crown, Larry. You know, it's a, the hate for Trixie is growing by the day. Yeah. Well, look. She's, I, I it's never really been the interesting. The, ba- the backlash is real. <laughs> the backlash is real. Well, and apparently, Viceland did not pick up the Trixie and Katya show for a second season. I thought they did. I thought they they announced it at the Drag Can. Well, the show's back, but I think the show's back on Wow Presents. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I look. think it's on Wow Presents. So oh. that, I have to check that though. For, forget. Let me let you know. Let me see this here. Let me see. I'm, I want to look this up. Uh, maybe you're right. Trixie and Katya show. Let me see here. I'm going to see. Him. But but if I were Viceland, if you're right. Uh, I would have dropped them. Yeah, like this Katya's all over the place. Yeah, um, I would have. I, to me, she. To me, she's. You know, the definition of an insurance risk. Yeah, they didn't get a full. They didn't get a full season out of her. They didn't sign on for the Trixie and Bob the Drag Queen show. It was a mess. Oh wait, you know what? Oh, you girl. 
Well, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're kind of right. No, you're kind of right. Yeah, I'm, yeah I was almost certain it's on yeah. WoW Presents. Yeah, well, they're not. Well, they're, they're, re- they're really selling that WoW Presents streaming channel. I will say you're 90% right. It says one, one uh, is coming back for a new season in October. It says fans have been patiently waiting for any news surrounding the renewal of the duo's Viceland show, the Trixie and Katya show. While they didn't comment, week. while they didn't comment on the future of their Viceland program, they did blow their fans away with some news. Their uh is coming back for WoW Presents Plus. Yep, there you go. Yeah, that means what? That means Viceland said no, thank you. Well, but, yes, it does mean that, but also. I mean, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it's all tea, no shade here, Larry. That's what I'm going to call this show. Mm-hmm. All tea, no shade mm-hmm. is the the large bulk of Trixie and Katya's audience are like 13-year-old white girls and white gay boys, right? So Correct. they don't have credit cards. How are they playing for this WoW Presents Plus? I don't know because, I mean, it's, it's a cheap, it's a cheap service. You can get the whole year for 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. On Roku, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. The thing is, though, that um, that that audience was also way too young for Viceland. Yes, you're right. And which way is too like gay. all about, which is all about, you know, the rest of their shows are about smoking weed. Yeah, and then like and, and also like the jungle. Or something. Quite, quite honestly, the Viceland show was not good. Uh, it's not good. I know that's going to trigger a lot of people. No, right? I liked uh, but uh's good for like a hot ten minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes of padding. Yeah. hell no, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and maybe that'll Sorry. be less stress on them. Maybe it'll be better. They, because I feel like they could do uh, they could do a whole season in a couple days. You know, yes, they go in ramble, change outfits, ramble, ramble, change, and then and then it goes into post because that's that was the thing, right? They'd go in front of a green screen. Ramble, yeah, and then the the two straight guys would do whatever they want to do with it in post, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, well, that's what they do with all of those shows. The only show that has a narrative is the um, the fashion review. Why doesn't Wild Presents Plus do basically a Wild Presents version of uh, the the dancing queen. What I mean is, like, maybe not a whole season, but maybe you do one episode. You see what's go like. What is a day in the life of Madame Laqueer like? What is the day in the life of Penetration like? What is a day in the life mm, of Lashawn? Great Beyond? idea. Yeah, just like one day, you know. Or yeah. how how come they don't do like uh, an inside the drag queen studio kind of thing where you get um, Larry Flick from SiriusXM Radio to sit down with a big stack of index cards. Yeah. And then just literally go through the career of the drag queens, like where they started. Because then th- you can really get into the backstory. Yeah, I think I think it's because WoW only wants to spend – they only want to spend bandwidth on the queens they're investing in the careers of. And that's a very small pool. It's a very, very small pool of people. And uh, and it, it, I think it's it would be gla- – it's already glaring – how few queens they really invest in. But don't you think, though, that, yes, they're the ones that they're inv- they invest in, like, Alaska. But then they have the show, like, The Pit Stop, right? Where I feel like, was Alaska only bringing on, like, stars? I feel like there were people who were, like, not as famous who would come out of The Pit Stop, right? Yeah, but but that wasn't, that didn't last very long. Oh, The Pit Stop's not still going on? No. No. Oh. The only thing, the only thing 
Alaska is actually, as far as I know, Alaska is not doing a show for WoW right now. Oh, interesting. Now you're she's a doing of this. She's doing that that podcast. Yeah, which you're a fan and of, the, which I'm a huge fan of. The word on the street is that WoW is not really getting life from that podcast. Well, Willem's insulting them every five seconds. He really – well, he, they're basically – they're telling everything. <laughs> they're talking yeah. about like, you know, WoW wouldn't want us to talk, but of course we talked. WoW wouldn't want us to have, you know, to drink. We would drink, mm-hmm. you know. They, would, they, they, give, he, they give away a lot of secrets. But uh, mostly, a lot, a lot uh, mostly like, Willem, like, though. Does Alaska do it, too? No. Alaska mostly goes, oh, 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 oh you're so crazy. <laughs> uh, but Willem, Willem gives zero fucks. And yeah. i got to tell you, I was never a fan of Willem's. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to this podcast, and now I am like, I, that queen gives me everything. Really? Because she's actually a nice queen, she's mm-hmm. just outspoken. She's a tell it like she's like she like she sees it kind of girl, and I'm not mad at that. She's, she gives props to people. Mm-hmm. Actually, she she's more complimentary than not. You know, when she loves a queen, she goes to the wall for them. But when she doesn't, baby, well, well, she goes in. Here's what I'll say: I might respect this of Willem, and I don't know what New York City's like. I don't know what the New York show business scene is like. I don't know anything about New York, right? Yeah. But in Los Angeles, and this has been my experience, and this is sometimes where I think I actually fail. I'm, I'm like Willem, actually, mm-hmm. in that partic- people in show business, but particularly people in power in show business, and I think this is why you saw the Me Too movement happen, not because of this, but like plays into this, is they, 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 they think they can do shitty things to you. And that you can't mm-hmm. say anything or do anything about it because then if you do, that's politically incorrect is to call them out on their bullshit. Right. So they're, they, they can do shitty things to you, especially people in power. And if they, they bet that you won't say anything or do anything because that would not be a politically wise move to do because then you're seen as a problem. You know? Right. And I think Willem doesn't right. play by that game. And, it, and by the way, let's just say Willem has paid a political price for it. She has paid a political price for it, but she's also, you know, she's done very well by being the outlaw punk rock queen. Yeah. Um, the problem is, the problem for any other queen who wants to do that is that Willem owns it. Yeah. And she's not giving it up. You know, I mean, but she, she, she tells the truth, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. And, and, you know, and she does pay for it in like ways like we were talking earlier. She's in a Star is Born too. Yeah, but the sequel. By Warner, the way, was that? <laughs> he, he said a Star is Born too. So I made a joke like the number two, like the sequel oh, to yeah. Star is Born. Yeah, uh, but you know, Warner Brothers is not sending her out to do press. No, of course not. They, they they've invested say. all of their their marketing money in Shangela mm-hmm. because Shangela is a very safe bet. See, you know, Shangela is polished. She's Hollywood. She's you know, she's a schmoozer. You know what's so funny? You know, I, I promised people maybe I'll maybe I'll throw it into the other episode. We'll just continue it. But like I promised people, we would talk about a Star is Born. Yeah, sure. Is uh, so listen to the in episode three we talked about a Star is Born. I'm going to stick that in there now. Ooh, my gosh, uh, we're going to stick that in there. But what I was going to tell okay. you is um, one of the things I thought that was unusual—not unusual. I mean, I guess it's a choice, but. 
there were a lot of characters who came through A Star is Born that we never found out. I guess in a traditional movie, you would see what happened to them. There would be some sort of closure, right. but they just kind of passed through. Like, for instance, Shangela and Willem. Does, does, does Abby ever... Allie, does Allie ever go back to that bar? I mean, she says hi to them on FaceTime, but that's that's very much our closure there. But what about um, uh, Bradley Cooper's character's name is Dakota Maine? No, Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine. Dakota's Jackson Maine. my gay porn star name. Um, <laughs> Jackson Maine. He has a driver who's not prominent, but is like a character in the beginning and then just sort of vanishes. Mm-hmm. Um like what's what's what? Not that he needs a story or a whole every ending, you know. But like also, what about um, Ali's father, Andrew Dice Clay, who does a great job? Do we ever see like, you know? I don't want a spoiler alert here, but you know, like something happens at the end. Like it's just sort of like stuff happens. That's my great spoiler review. <laughs> well, let's let's just say that if you know the story of A Star Is Born, they follow the thread. Mm-hmm. And it has, even though all four movies have their own takes on the the uh, the story, it's an archetypal story in that you know it's 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 two stars colliding, one on the way up, one on the way down. When someone's on the way down, they crash, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a tragic crash. Now, let me—I was actually thinking of this after we got off the air, but. How would how you've seen all four, correct? Yes, I've seen all four. What are the fundamental differences and is there one in particular that this one is more in line with? Um the fundamental difference in this one is that you see to me from my take on the movie, Jackson Maine is of of the four guys he is the guy you believe could still carry on successfully if he could have just gotten his personal issues mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. whereas the chris christopherson uh, character in you know in a star film with barbara streisand i never bought into him as a great rock star because you know, it just didn't work. He just, you know, you just wanted his musical moments in the movie to be over because they mm-hmm. were so brutally bad. Mm-hmm. And so you're just thinking, this guy is, this guy's career is over. And you look at him as hanging on to her because his career is over. But wasn't Chris Christopherson or, a singer? Uh, yeah. Oh, and he was still bad. Okay, go ahead. Oh my god! Yeah, t- terrible. <laughs> he played. He played. I mean, just he played him as a guy. Whose career was ostensibly over. Yeah. Whereas Jackson Maine is someone you just think, you know, if he could have just, if he could get his drugs and his depression and all oh. those things sorted out. Yeah. Okay. He would, he would carry on. Mm-hmm. His talent had never diminished. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, that's, that's the most interesting thing is, you know, you, you look at, you look at Bradley Cooper's character of the four men and you think this guy could have continued on. This guy should have continued on. Were there any homages to the other ones? That, you know, there's a part where in the beginning of the film, Gaga is walking out of her job and she's singing a song. Is that a song yeah. from one of the other previous films or something? Or 
No, I, I no. Like it was all like the a, songs are all the songs are written by Gaga and. No, and no, this is an old timey song. This is an old time. Come here, she sings La Vie en Rose in the restaurant. So obviously, yeah, that's an Edith Piaf song. But there's there's like an old timey. I feel like a Judy Garland type number. She's singing like a like a torch song. I don't remember singing. that song. I don't remember mm. the song. But if if it was, it was it was a Judy Garland song. Oh yeah, let me let me because let me just, because she was she was a jazz singer in that yeah. drag club. Yeah, let me let me actually look here. Let me see if a stars born. So it w- so it wouldn't have been uh, a tribute to the Streisand version, even though Barbara uh, notably visited the set. Oh, she did. The Gaga. Yeah, she and and gave the movie her blessing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Barbara. Interesting. Barbara, Bar- yeah. This movie has one hundred percent cosign from Barbara Streisand. Uh, well, I saw that John Peters is a producer on it. Was John Peters who was married to Barbara Streisand, right? Uh, they were they were business partners and lovers for yeah. a while. And was he a producer on the Chris Christopherson Barbara Streisand one? Yes, very much. Yeah, definitely. Oh, interesting. Now, now also, you're a music guy, you know, aren't you? You know your uh, music yeah. business. One of the things people have talked about is, and it seems to be the movie business is a little disturbed by this, is that Live Nation was one of the people behind this film. Did you have a problem with well, that? Well, they were. Yeah, the reason why Live Nation was behind this movie was because the concert scenes were performed at real festivals. Oh, so like Coachella? They filmed at Coachella. They filmed at a couple of festivals. Oh. So, so in order for that to happen, they had to work with a major promoter. Yeah. And Live Nation being a major promoter. Yeah, because all of the music in the movie is sung live. None of it's oh, it recorded. Is? It's all sung live. Oh, I didn't every, know that. Every drop of it is sung live. Oh. It's, very, it's very much in It's very similar to what they did in Les Miserables. Oh, uh, fuck everything up? Where... Where they, we, you know, you know Les Miserables is also sung live. Yeah, I know. The difference, the difference being that in Les Miserables they had uh, little earpieces that kind of guided them. In this, it was all just straight concert performance. So the band is really and, playing right then. Yes, whenever you see music music being played on screen, it's actually being played on screen. Oh, interesting. Being played. Yeah, in every scene. If you see her in a studio, if you see her, wherever music is coming out of their mouths, it's really coming out of their mouths. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. It's some inside tea from Sirius XM Radio's Larry <laughs> Flickner. Can you tell I want to talk about anything but this show called Dancing Queen? Yes, like, I can tell. <laughs> Well, we were pretty thorough in our last in our last recap. Well, now we're so. going to get really thorough now. In episode four, we come back. Now there was a cliffhanger in that yes. in the last episode. We just saw them perform, and then they're like, "Oh, they're going to announce the the winners." And then we go into this episode where we they do announce the winners for the solo awards. Uh, in the solo awards for the young people, I don't know what that what that category was called. Uh, we had like seen, teens. yeah, like teens. We had seen Riley perform, and she had done quite well. And she came mm. in second place, and Justin seemed very happy about that. Right in the seniors division, uh, beyond belief, Justin Studio captured all the places. They got first, second, and third. In uh, third place was Molly, who we've never really seen before. In second yeah. place is Gabe, our little gay black boy with no pants. And in first place, we have Willow, um, our little African-American girl who – she has no personality except from dancing, according to the show. 
Correct. And Justin seems very happy about this, right? He's he's happy. Well, it's this. a sweep. It's a sweep, and it's also the 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 it, it's meaningful. A because it's a sweep, and also because this is the studio's first time performing outside of Texas. Yeah, but and competing in, outside of Texas. He's disappointed though, because in the group performances, they didn't place at all. Well, uh, they choked. Yeah, they did choke. You're right. He knows that the, they choked. The, the, only, the only dancer who really rises to the occasion during the group, uh, the group dance is Kate. Yeah, and, and, Je- and Justin even says that he's happy with Gabe's performance, but everyone else felt there was, he, they were rushing, and the moms are fighting among themselves about this, right? Um, yes. About whose fault it is and whatnot. Um, so boring. And, yeah, then, then that's pretty much where we wrap up L.A., because um, they don't win in the group contemporary. But uh, Larry, did you have any uh, on any other thoughts on this L.A. stuff before we close out of L.A.? No, I, I thought it was kind of weird and kind of corny, the sweep, you know. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I, I'm forever being a conspiracy theorist. You know, you and I love to put on old tinfoil hats, don't yeah. we? Yeah. And I always think, okay, well, very interesting that when there's a film company, you know, <laughs> Tracking this performance that, yeah. the, you know, the people who brought the film company sweep. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was kind of odd. Uh, but it might also just be because I don't personally understand this style of dance. I don't understand. Because it. I'm I'm looking at it and I just think they're doing stretches and weird gymnastic moves and basically, you know, a, a Bengay muscle pain commercial. I just don't understand what's going I feel on. I, could, I feel I could do this dance. Well, you know, it's just kind of like it's just it's just it's it's it feels more like a circus act than anything beautiful and fluid. I know it's supposed to be modern, expressive dancing and very Adam Alvin Ailey and all of that, and mm-hmm. it just it just didn't touch me. You know, I mean, I'm very uh, porous and open to expressions of deep emotion and art, and I just watched this and I just thought. I thought I thought things that were inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I get what you're saying, but here's what I, here's what here's no, I get what you're saying, but here's what I want to do is I want to show you now. This is a very visual thing that we're going to do right now, but I want to okay. show you that I think that I could do these dances. Are you going to do it for me right I'm gonna now? I'm going to do it for you camera? right now. Yeah, on camera. Yeah, yeah. Because I can see you on camera. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do it. Here we go. Okay, here we Let go. Make sure the song plays. Here we go. Okay, perfect. Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Taking off his headphones. He's up. What are you <laughs> He just did he just basically did the backstroke move. <laughs> walking across the room. <laughs> I think I broke the fan. It was like a ceiling fan. I think I broke it. Okay. Um, well, well, I now, but I now have confirmation that you have indeed lost a lot of weight. Oh, thank you. You look fabulous. Thank you. It's all this uh, modern dancing I'm doing. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm a member of the Beyond Belief uh, Dance Studio. Yeah, really. Is it said that I'm already out of breath from that? Okay, here we go. I didn't do anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Back in Mesquite, Texas, and t- we're going to talk about some rigamores here. Marcella yeah. works with the kids, and the moms are very frustrated in like the sort of like waiting room area. 
And so they decide to come watch Marcella with the girls. And there's a showdown because they feel she's not giving positive reinforcement to the girls. Right. Right off the bat, it seems so fake, or at least the producers were like, go in, go in, go in, go in, go in the room. Oh, absolutely. It was so staged. <laughs> it was so staged. so obnoxious. And I hated every minute of these of this this first of all, it was in first and, and the funny thing is the producers were clearly clearly trying to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. And all they really did was succeed in making it look really wonky, weird, and make the moms look like hateful Yeah. Saggy fat shrews. Uh-huh. Which is the name of our, was, our new podcast. Well, <laughs> me, you, Taylor the Latte Boy. So coming this fall, three saggy fat shrews. There you go. I'm in. Okay, we'd be prettier than these women. That's Hello. actually true. I, 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 I just I hated everything about this this little part of the this little passage. Everything about it was stressful mm-hmm. and, and 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 just not. I just hated it. Yeah. I hate well, it. the part where like, like, like it's so fake and so and so uh, put on because there's a part where like they walk in and Marcella says, "It's really this bad of acting." What are you guys doing here? You know, I'm teaching the class right now, and the moms go, "Yeah, we decided to come in." She's like, "Oh, really? That's what you're doing?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're coming to come in here and watch you." I'm like, "It's like it's almost like they're reading it off a teleprompter. That's how bad it is." It was so bad. It was. It was. It was. It was in, in, enragingly bad. Enragingly bad. Uh, enragingly bad. Which makes me wonder if this whole Mar- like do they do they really have a problem with Marcella or was there a storyline where she was just going to quit? I don't know what it was. I just. I don't know. I don't know. I mm-hmm. think you know. It's it all goes into why. I just don't like any of the dance studio stuff. The dance studio stuff is terrible. Um, I just don't care. I'm not invested. None of it. None of it worked for me. Well, you know what's good. I'm looking at this right now. Once we wrap this up, there's a. You know what? Why don't we wrap up all the dance studio stuff right now? I, I, that's my okay. decision. Because right after this, there is a brief time where Justin meets with the mini elite team, and the moms have a conversation with Justin about Marcella. Um, and Justin works with the kids while the moms talk shit about Marcella in the lobby. Later in right. the episode, the moms, Justin, Marcella, and the mini elite team moms, they all meet at the dance studio, and the moms go head-to-head with Marcella in this awkward conversation where then Marcella offers to quit. They're like, no, we don't want you to quit. Um, and then Justin ta- sort of gives a, a background of Marcella, how she had closed her previous dance studio because of this drama, and then Marcella quits. Right. So, and then that's pretty much the end of the dance studio stuff in this episode. Larry, what were your thoughts on this, on this whole dance studio drama? Um, I thought it was first of all, it seemed very um, contrived. Yeah. It seemed it seemed largely staged. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I felt like I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what we're what we were. I know we, obviously we were supposed to not like the moms. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they went to such lengths to make sure we didn't like the moms. Mm-hmm. Um, they also kind of like made you know a couple of the kids look like little bitches. Oh, like Ainsley in the, yeah. in, the in the cutaway interviews. Mm-hmm. 
and I just none of it worked. Yeah, it didn't work, and I wonder why. Wouldn't the moms have some sort of knowledge that this is how they were going to come across? Um, I think they were just stupid. I, I, I here's the thing: you're giving these women credit for having a brain. And I'm not willing to give that to them because I think that these are really dumpy women from Mesquite who are like, the, the circus has come to town, i.e. the film crew. Yeah. And they're all thinking they're going to be stars. Well, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. Because if you think about it, I'm not trying to put this on all dance moms. But I wouldn't be surprised, and you kind of get the sense with these dance moms in particular, that they wanted to be stars themselves. And oh, now yeah, they this want to be a, stars more than the kids did. Yeah, because the like, kids looked miserable. Remember in episode two when Justin doesn't pick that one girl and the mom goes crazy and says, yeah. you know, and, and kind of has words with Justin. I think part of that was because the, 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 the daughter is not as upset as the mom is. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because the mom is upset because she realizes I'm not going to get to be on the television show. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. be one of the moms on the television show. I wanted to be a star. And now, not yeah. only are they telling my daughter she can't be on it, I'm going to pretend that's what I'm really mad about. But it's really, I wanted to be on television. I wanted to be a TV star. I wonder if now she's thanking God that she wasn't because the way these moms are presented, particularly Angie uh-huh. and the other mom. I don't remember her name. I don't remember any of the moms' names. I just remember what they look like. They all, first of all, have faces like smacked asses. Yeah. And, and, and I just think they come off like real... Bitches, yeah, and not and not in a way that makes them look like they're protecting their kids, mm-hmm. because you could even see some of the what's you know what's going on uh, on a couple of faces when she quits, when well, Marcella quits. There are a couple of them who look like uh, like what the hell's going on here, but none of them say their story. But but here's the thing, and I'm actually going to do a spoiler because we're not going to. You and I aren't going to talk about episode five. But in episode five, they go to a um, another competition close by, a sort of local yeah. competition. And Justin doesn't pick Kiana, which I'm sure the producers told him not to pick Kiana because they knew she'd freak out and there'd be drama. But he doesn't pick Kiana to go to the competition, and then the mom and Kiana decide that they'll enter independently into the competition. And right. what you see is on camera at the competition. Angie, supposedly, who knows if this is true or not, tells Justin, like, surprises Justin by just showing up at the competition. Right. Right? Right. But don't you think, especially since this is the same mom that helped him move, she went to the Halloween party, they've been, they've had beers together. If you were going to do this, Larry, wouldn't you say, listen, Justin, I respect your decision, but... Uh, we are, Keanu and I are going to enter this competition independently. Wouldn't you have given him a heads up? Would you show Absolutely. up to this competition? Absolutely. Because, you know, here's the thing. This is a small town. And hang on, the cat's getting caught up in my cord here. Um, this is a small town. Is that town, what you call it? And you can't hide that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, so the odds are that it got... You know, it would have or maybe even did get back to him mm-hmm. that this was going on. This yeah. is people, people in a small town love to talk. Yeah. Especially bitchy moms mm-hmm. with nothing else to do but stage, stage manage their kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, 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 no. It's all, it's all, 
I just hate this part of the show. I hate that. I love this show. Mm-hmm. I hate this part of the show. Yeah, I agree. You know what? Once you said this, and I'd read some reviews that said it, and now that we've been talking through it, it's that's why I think I have mixed reviews of the show. Like, I don't hate the show, but you're right. It's the part with the dancing and the dance moms where I'm like, I don't give a shit. And to be honest with you, even the dancing part I don't hate so much if the moms weren't there and if it was only the older kids. I don't think I care that much about the little kids. I don't care that much about them. If it was just like, do you remember, and I actually think this would be a good show. No one remembers this show, but I actually really liked it because that was a genius idea. There was a show on MTV about 15 years ago called Coach Jim, okay? And it was based on, what was the, the MTV had a show where, like, kids would live their best life. I don't know what it's called. Like, maybe your best life or something. And he had been, like, an ancillary kind of, like, coach on there, on the character. He's a, a cheerleading coach. Super gay fam. Oh, yeah, yeah, coach. yeah. I remember that show. And they, I thought it was such a brilliant idea because it's such a cheap show to produce. It only did one season. And what they did was they brought, like, 30 kids to UCLA and they were there yeah. for like a week or two, and he would work with them, but every episode would be half an hour, and it would be that kid's story, right? Yes. But they only needed to produce it for like two weeks, you know, because it was a cheerleading camp, but then they would do all the mm-hmm. backstories, you know? So um, that would be really good. A version of that with, you know, on this was, you know, like, what if they, – because they play with timelines on here a lot. What if they did eight kids – for the eight episodes. And every episode, we met a different kid that he was working with, and we saw what happened to them in the storyline. Even though it's just mm. what happens at Beyond Belief, then we get connected to the kids, and maybe it may, maybe even six kids. You know, episode one, you need to establish a story. And episode eight, we bring them all together. It's just one competition. We see how they do. But um, what I'm trying to say is Netflix hire me as a producer on uh, Dancing Queen. So then <laughs> uh, the point is... Well, here... But here, let me... Uh, you know, at the risk... Because you haven't seen the last two episodes yet. No. There's a little bit of a hint of some of what you're talking about for a possible season two. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I don't know if you want me to give you any spoilers, but no. um, it, there is discussion of of a smaller team. Oh, yeah, because yes. some of them are aging out, right? Because like uh, Gabe won't be back next year, and right, Willow, Willow won't be back. be back next year. Yeah. Kiana only has one year left, mm-hmm. um, and Kiana Kiana fi- fi- fixes into the cliffhanger for this oh, first season. Oh, wow! Uh, and um, you'll you're kind of you're kind of I I here's the thing. Yeah, and I haven't wanted to say this because it's a I think it's a and it's potentially a pop spoiler. I feel like somewhere during production they started to figure out that. This whole dance moms part of the show was unwielding. Yeah. So there is an evolution of the plot whereby he talks about making things smaller. Yeah. Um, they blame it a bit on his need to travel more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's all I want to say because otherwise it'll really give away the, a lot of the last episode. Well, here's what I'll but, say. Uh, here's what I'll say. But 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 there, I think that they there's a point where they realize that they haven't really served the show by having too many kids, too many moms, mm-hmm. too many, too much of everything. It was almost like, you know, it's almost like they just put one too many ingredients in in what could have been a really delicious sandwich. 
But I, I can almost kind of understand it. When you're starting a reality show, you don't know what's going to work. What if Justin's yeah. family and friends are too boring? And then we have nothing. Yeah. What if the dance moms are too boring? Then we have nothing. And then they, they do it. And then you have these two forces pulling at them. And they're like, oh, my God, Justin's home life is way too good. And then these dance moms are too much drama. You know, they're, they're requiring too much of our attention. So yeah. I think maybe they did understand in- inherently what was good and what was not good. Uh, have yeah, we closed the book? You, okay. you can feel the evolution of the show. Uh, have we closed the book on the dance moms for this episode? Yeah, for me, I'm done. Okay, so back from L.A. in Mesquite, and God, this is so staged too. The, all these gays just, just show up and they start. And Justin talks about the beauty of you know House of Edwards, which I learned House of Edwards includes more than just um, Shangela, because now, as you know, there's. Some sort of rift in the House of Edwards where Gia and Laganja have disavowed themselves of the House of Edwards. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Laganja has deleted any references to the House of Edwards from her Instagram. And uh, when did this happen? In the past week or so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so, and, and, kind of talked about it like in the past, like some sort of thing that she had, that she did in the past. But, um, but there's also the other friends who I guess make up the House of Edwards, and then they do this super super um, awkward. Which I want to hear it again, like we pointed out last episode. Oh, um, Lucian Piani. <laughs> they do like a music video to this song in a bowling alley. Larry, what were your thoughts on this uh, music video? It's I t- like, as I said in the previous episode. It's sort of like uh, an outtake from Grease too. <laughs> it really is. It's 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 so. I mean, I love the song. I you know I enjoyed the scene. It sort of plays into the plot, but not as well as other Drax uh, music videos. It's just corny. It's corny in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and I think it's corny in the wrong way because. Because the, the 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 bowling alley is a little weird. It's so silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, actually, it's the song. Well, it's yeah. not a good lip sync song. I like. It's the not song, a good. You're right. It's not a good, not a good lip sync song. In fact, and Alyssa's not doing well on it because you're like, oh, this isn't a good lip sync song. Yeah, because RuPaul's barely in it. Yeah, we can lip sync to like Lucian Piani. Yeah, but then so why? I, I, and I guess they don't want to pay the rights for real songs because someone realized that the songs they have used were songs that Wow used on season ten. So like Wrecking Ball and Man, I Feel Like a Woman, they had been doing while yeah. they were. So they maybe they signed in the licensing agreement threw in um, Dancing Queen when they signed the licensing agreement. So that's why. They and the thing songs. is, the thing is also. Um, um, Alyssa has a really deep relationship with Miley Cyrus. Oh, that's true. Yeah, who probably gave it to her for you know for a cut rate, mm-hmm. or who may have just given it to her. Maybe you never know. Yeah. This Miley Cyrus, she loves drag queens. You know, she loves drag queens, and you know, remember Alyssa, you know, toured with Miley. Oh, they toured with her too. Yeah, um, Alyssa did uh, like ten dates with her. Oh wow! Yeah, 
Yeah, they're friends. Like, they're friend friends. So, I, I rarely go to the chat room, but I wanted to tell you this, Larry. There's a little break here. Is The scandalous Vato is in the chat room, and he says, Good to hear Larry's voice again. Haven't heard him since OutQ imploded. Oh, wow. And he said, Outtake from Grease 2, Larry really knows his audience. Let me tell you this. These people listen to my show. <laughs> no one ever plays me any compliments. It's all insults. You come on this show, everyone's paying you compliments. They're like hearing you. They miss you. And I'm like, how about missing Joe? Anyway. <laughs> I love you, Joe. Thank you, Larry. We move you on. You know I love you. And Justin meets with his family. at Well, one member of his family so far. He meets with his sister, Tabitha, who you pointed out. She had been on the Ulcers 2 during the family challenge, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, she had been on the show. And they have brunch. And this is where they talk about their sister, Tiffany, who doesn't get along with Justin. They had some sort of text message war fairly recently. And Justin also reveals that they haven't got along because he testified against her in court. I know. In the custody battle over her children. Or with the custody or like the state wanted to take her, right? Well, I mean, you know, she was was arrested for some sort of heroin charge. Mm -hmm. And that immediately puts your kids at risk. Yeah. So and how he, that works out. But then he testified against her. And then Tabitha begs Justin to reach out to Tiffany. And that's where that scene sort of ends. Yes. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting scene. Um, and, and to me, this is where the show comes to life. You know, because I want to know more about this family. I want to know more about the family dynamic. Um, <coughs> I kept tracing back to... The scenes in All Star Two. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's something in there. I kept tracing back to the scenes in All Stars Two when Alyssa and Tabitha were talking about the mom during the makeover challenge. Was the mom still and, alive uh, then? What was that? Was the mom still alive then? No, it was like it was the first time he had seen her since the mom died. Oh, yes, yes. So. It was kind of it was kind of I don't want to say fun, but it was like a very connect the dots moment. Yeah, to have Tabitha there. Um, but to me, again, this is where the show lives. Mm-hmm. The show lives in the vulnerability of of this this character, this mm-hmm. person, Justin, yeah. mm-hmm. and <coughs> his family, and how you know this this very you know. <laughs> charismatic, flamboyant, unique person not only survived, but wound up thriving in a town like Mesquite. Yeah. That's where the story, that's where the show lives. That's where it needs to live. Mm-hmm. I don't care about, you know, bendy kids and bitchy fat women. <laughs> Which is the name of my autobiography. Don't. What was that? That's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> I just don't. I don't care. You know, I'm much more interested in, like, the dynamic of him and these three women who are his mm-hmm. sisters. Yeah. And, you know, where's the father who, like, went on TV and, and you know, Wait, what? and untucked? Well, oh, the father right. was on, on was in Untucked season five. That's right. And Justin, like, where's the Where's the father? Yeah, the father and the brother. And I think there's one actually picture with the father and the brother, and the father's face is blurred out, too. Yes. Yeah, so, so. You know, according to Justin, they're they're still building their relationship, but you know, that's where this show lives. And I mm-hmm. wanna you know, I wanna see a whole season 
of him going back and forth between his life as Alyssa Edwards mm-hmm. and his life in Mesquite with his sisters. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. And how he kind of balances between that, mm-hmm. this House of Edwards stuff. Yeah, that's much more interesting know. to me, too. And also, what I, what I will say is the sisters, and I have no idea why this is, because they're not trained entertainment people, they seem much more natural than the dance moms. They it, are very comfortable on camera, aren't they? Yeah, they're very, very comfortable. They don't seem to be aware the com- camera's there. They have it out right there. And it doesn't seem... And even the drama itself seems organic. It doesn't seem... In fact, to be honest with you, in that one scene, well, let, let's get there. Let's get there. So finally, Tiffany and Justin do meet, and it seems yes. at, at, her, at her house. It seems like, and they seem like they Ooh, do. It's, they it's do. So make uncomfortable, up. though. It, isn't it is it? uncomfortable. It's very dramatic, but Justin's super dramatic, and he's crying, and he agrees to go with Tiffany to the mom's grave. Okay, yes. he agrees to go with her. They make up here at in this little sort of like. Uh, like dinner table scene, almost kind of. Um, yeah. Next, uh, Justin FaceTimed with Laganja to come out of Texas to help out that he needs some help, uh, and so Ju- like agrees. Laganja agrees to come out and help Justin. But let's let's go back. So, what were you, what were your your hot takes from the Tiffany and Justin meetup? It was so uncomfortable in a way that was so real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and this goes back to something I said earlier today in, in the previous episode. Um, I don't know where the link between her love for him mm-hmm. and her love or attraction to his fame and his money yeah. begin and end. Mm-hmm. Because she reads to me like the classic born-again drug addict mm-hmm. who will always will always seize upon an opportunity, will always, in their praising of the Lord, mm-hmm. also look, like, look at other people like Justin and say, why does he get everything and I don't? Yes. And, and, if, I can, and if I have to do whatever I have to do to get my peace, I mm-hmm. will do it. Now, in in the previous and episode, so, yeah. so to me, so to me, that is, you know, it makes it really uncomfortable because I don't believe her mm-hmm. in all the things she's saying to him. I don't believe her for one second, um, and I want to see more to see if she can change my mind. In the previous episode of the podcast, you talked about your own personal experience with your siblings and your family. Yeah. Do you think some of this, I'm not thinking that you're projecting it, but it, are you able to relate from your own personal experience? Absolutely. I mean, you know, absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's part, you know, we all, we all digest music and TV and film and all culture through the lens of our own lives and mm-hmm. with our baggage in mind. And yeah, I mean, you know, there have been times in the last 20 years, I've been estranged from my family for over 20 years. <clears throat> and there have been times when I've heard from one sister. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, the family misses you. And so what famous people have you met? No. Yes, girl. You know, or the family misses you. And we look at you on Facebook now. You know, people who follow me on Facebook, a lot of my Facebook is rooted in my career. 
I use my I use my social media to you know amplify my work, mm-hmm. and so there are a lot of photos of me with famous people. So it's, to me, you know, yeah. So I kind of watch this and I watch it through my own lens of mm-hmm. you know. Also, as I mentioned earlier, in my family, you know, when I came out, I was already successful mm-hmm. or at the beginning of a successful career. And my family was very, my very Catholic family was very matter-of-fact about it. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> about five years later, mm-hmm. my not very successful sister came out as a lesbian. <gasps> and it was not well-received at all. And why do you think that is? Because she was a fuck-up and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she was actually in so many ways more consistently long-term writer died devoted to the family. I did what I needed to do to keep the family, you know, what, what, what the family needed me to do to keep things going. Mm-hmm. But then I eventually chose my life and moved on. She, as far as I know, is still with them. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, and she was a much more loyal child than, than someone would argue I was. Yeah. And, you know, and they, for a short time, I mean, they've all resolved it, but for a short time, you know, they turned on her. And they supported you. <laughs> what are you playing? <laughs> this is our uh, mirror moment music. <laughs> cow. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's hard for me not to interpret it any way other than... You know, well, look at him. He hangs out with celebrities. We think he's rich. He's not. But, you know, but we, you know, there's, it's like, and she's kind of like, yeah, she's kind of like the family fuck up. And now she's a lesbian. Have you met her girlfriend? No. But she's, but she's got, but she's got a mom thing. Like, you know, as far as I know, all of her girlfriends have been older women. Meanwhile, Larry's like, I'm not rich. And he has like a fancy schmancy oil painting of himself and his husband behind him. (laughs) Like all of a sudden. I I have been wondering how long it was going to take for you to mention that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, they're the Medici's (laughs) of of New York commissioning artwork about themselves. (laughs) And he's sitting, he's sitting right in front of this. This fancy giant oil I'm, painting. I'm talking to you from my bedroom. Do you do you, when you, when your husband's in town? Do you guys sleep on the same bed side of the bed as the mattress? I mean, as the painting. So, like, are you on the right side? And I and, do. We do actually. Yeah, really. Up to see. We do. <laughs> That's so weird. You guys are so gay. People are so fucking weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> the wonder. You're, no wonder your family stopped talking to you. Oh, no, no, you stop talking, talking to, them. to them. Yeah. Oh, so they want to talk to you. Why did you stop talking to them? Oh, it's a long story, girl. It's it's a... Let's just say in the game of life, sometimes you have to choose yourself. You know what's weird is my cousin's actually going <laughs> This music is gagging me. <laughs> my cousin's actually going through the same thing. You know, he's yeah, cut off hard. his family, including me. He's cut off his entire family. He's cut you off, too? Yeah. Yeah, I don't Is know why. Is this the cousin I cousin I know about? Yeah, yeah, the one the week younger than me and gay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's oh, been I'm super sorry. dramatic. Oh, I, I, as I told people, like, I'm sorry, I'm like, 
Do we look like I care? We had our problems. You know? We weren't perfect. Uh, uh, gotcha. And also, I have this thing where I think he's going to come back. But now that you're telling me that you haven't talked to him in 20 years, I'm like, mm, maybe he won't. You know, if, if different people have different, you know, needs. I think, actually, if you and he come from very much the same world... It's funny, because even though I live in the same state, I live about 35 minutes from where my family lives, we don't have any need to ever run into each other. Mm -hmm. Our lives have absolutely nothing in common, whereas you and your cousin's life, Mm -hmm. lives have a lot in common. So you're not done yet. No. We're we're only a week apart, so that made us very close. Yeah. You know. Um, okay, let me end this music here. She's so funny. Okay, so uh, let's move on. So Laganja and um, let me see who is it. Laganja and Justin's assistant Edgar. Uh, they so Laganja comes to town, and then the three of them they decide to go to Justin's mom's grave, which is in Oklahoma. I want to stop and talk about this grave. Very depressing, isn't it? It seems like a made-up cemetery. They just pulled off to the side of the road and said, okay, this is a cemetery now. It doesn't no, look like a cemetery. I think, it, I think it's just like where – and it, I think it's an example of like how really busted poor his family was. Oh, yeah. It's like – if you have, if you haven't seen it, it doesn't look like they're in a cemetery. It looks like they're in like the field behind a tractor parking lot. I mean, it looks like it looks like you know you can go to the Piggly Wiggly three feet away. Yes, it's really depressing because it is so. It is it is the ultimate view of America mm-hmm. in that it is you know most people do not get to die and have a beautiful place where they rest. They just kind of find a square of dirt and they drop them in. Mm-hmm. Do you want to it's be buried? Very, it's very depressing. What? Do you want to be buried? Um, I don't know. I haven't decided. I think I kind of want to be uh, uh, cremated. I think people my ashes. Think- I want. I want to have my ashes sneezed on people. I, <laughs> I I tell people this. And I think they think I'm kidding. I would love for people to do that thing where they just take my body to a cliff and have the vultures peck at it. Mostly because oh, that'll God. prove. That, yeah, here's why. I don't want to have dirt thrown on me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to feel like I'm buried, you know? And also the thought of burning or, I don't know, just, ugh, no. But, like, vultures pick at me, I'm not going to feel him dead, you know? But, like, burning or buried, I don't know what bothers me. Because what if there is this this chance that that there is consciousness still to know that you're being burned or you're being buried is frightening to me but like but I'm, yeah but 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 being pecked at well, is, i don't is, feel is, it you will feel it i'd rather be pecked at i'm not lying i'd rather be pecked at no no i don't want to be buried i'm claustrophobic yeah exactly as am i so i don't want to be buried so but, yes that's i think i i lean toward um I lean toward uh, um, being burned. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't. It's very funny because you know we're coming up on my my fifth birthday. You know, when you have a near death experience, mm-hmm. you get you you reset with a new birthday. Yeah. 
And so after my open heart surgery five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, that was five years ago, and I thought, I've thought a lot about death, and mm-hmm. you know, because when you almost die, you do. And I've never thought about what I want to happen to me after I'm gone. Oh, really? I guess I should, I guess I should figure that out. I'm just too selfish. I'm like, well, I'm not here. I don't care. Yeah, oh, no. no, here we go again. <laughs> no, actually, what would happen on RuPaul's Drag Race is and you'd be like, I don't know. I'm just going to die. It sounds like it sounds like you're playing music from like a, a bad scene in Days of Our Lives or something. <laughs> That's generally what happens after you make a comment like that. You know, like after my five-year anniversary of open-heart surgery, I just, it's weird. I never thought about how I was going to die. <laughs> Rue laughs here. Oh, you're so funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. All right. So back to the show. Uh, they go to the grave. It's it's actually a very very sad scene. Again, whenever it's a, it's a really it's a compelling, sad, depressing really honest interesting scene yeah and it and again whenever it's the family involved it seems real whenever yes. it's the family involved it seems real um then they go and visit oh justin grant justin's grandma comes with them correct she's there yes by the way the grandma looks like she died and no one told her like she, she really does. She is like shriveled she up. Doesn't really know. She's like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. She looks like she's walking into walls. Yeah. Actually, it's very kind of like um, what's that movie where they where they drag around the dead guy? Oh, uh, Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> they are very Weekend at Bernie's. You're right. Yeah, it's very Weekend at Bernie's. Or you know what it could be more like vacation, you know? What? Remember when um, when uh, Imogene Coca dies, and they they carry the body around on the roof of the car? It's kind of like that. It's just really weird. I never th- did. You think when Imogene Coca died, that anybody yeah. ever thought her name would be brought up again in context of a, a show about a drag queen? Uh, no. But, you know, she spent a lot of time around drag. Oh, did she? Oh, because of Sid Caesar? Sid Caesar and Milton Berle. Yeah. Milton Berle was the original drag queen, girl. Also an asshole. Oh, um, a foot-long cock. Oh, wait. But, but does Milton Berle do it for you just because he has a big dick? No. You- but, you know, sometimes you just want to see it for, um, for anthropological purposes. I don't think there's something about well. Also, it's to bring it back around, famously, RuPaul and Milton Berle got into it on TV live. Yes, I saw. I remember watching it. I saw it. Doesn't she feel? I think I've heard her on What's the Tea talk about how she regrets that. Actually, um, I've heard that too. I don't think she should regret it because mm-hmm. Ru, uh, Milton Berle was a real dick. I, it's, it was on the American Music Awards. I watched it on TV. I remember vividly. Yeah. And I think she's. It was she, horrible to her. I think it she was admits absolutely that. Absolutely horrible to her. She admits it, but I think she feels she could have handled it better. That she sunk to his level. She sort of feels like she did sink to his level. But yeah. you know, listen, I would have kneed him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the grandma is there. She doesn't. Really, the grandma doesn't really say much. But they're they're also there with Tiffany and Barbara, Justin's aunt. 
Barbara, please. Yes. Barbara, please. <laughs> uh, then they go. Then they drag the grandma. They drag Grandma Bernie over to a sold out show at Fat Mary's. Which so I can't uncomfortable. Be- oh my god, so uncomfortable. And then obviously, so uncomfortable. <laughs> what don't you think? It was for- so fabulous. Yeah, I loved it. But don't you think so for this number though, for this number, that you would have just chalked up some dough and paid for the rights of whatever song she did? Because they do this song, it just doesn't fit um, with the mood. I think they're trying to make it fit, but like that, like you know, here's a listen to this fabulous like lip syncing. Who's lip syncing fabulously to this song? It's "If I Dream," the song they play at the end of the finale every it's year. Just, I mean, what? Couldn't they have just like found the money to do like a Rosemary Clooney song, something the old broad would recognize? Yeah, but they do this number right here, which is just does not feel. Night I don't know, right? Night, I close my eyes and I wonder when. Larry calls me. Who, who have you talked to, spoken to more recently? RuPaul or your family? Uh, wow. Um, it's kind of a tie. Oh, really? It's around the same time? But around the same time. But I've seen RuPaul more recently. But do, do you think he maybe... I, he and I have walked past each other at SiriusXM, but we did not speak. Did he at least nod to you or anything? No. It's uncomfortable, heads down. Oh, it's awkward. Well, his, and actually, his head uncomfortably down, me looking at him like, what's the matter, baby? Oh, really? You're in my, you're in my house, bitch. Don't try it. Mm-hmm. You should don't go back on down the, in my house. You should go back on A&E and talk time, more baby. shit on him. Don't, don't. You should, then you know what? You should own that story then. You should be like, yeah, I talk shit on Rue. On A&E. I told the truth. I spilled the tea. I spilled the tea. Everybody does not say love. Yeah, exactly. Well, she doesn't say love. <laughs> you know, every time you see old videos of Rue, they were taken by this guy. I wonder if you knew him. And I guess he's dead now. But this guy who, like, filmed everything. That's where all, a lot of the old footage of Rue comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was friends with Rue. I guess he moved in that whole crew. And he used to, I guess, carry, like, a camcorder with him and just film everything. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I do. But I don't, I don't think he's alive anymore. No, no, he's dead. But did you know him? Um, no, just like, you know, as a, as a kind of a head nodding acquaintance, but not, I, we didn't know, no. Cause Fenton. I, I, I encountered him a lot. Fenton and Randy were in that scene. I think they're in some of those videos, right? They knew Rue like way, way, way back when, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, cause Fenton and Randy were, were fledgling pop stars before they Wait, were. Wait, what? Yes. Well, that's know. how I met Randy and Fenton. They were in a group from uh, Georgia called the Fabulous Pop Tarts. Wait, I thought they were like Australian or something. Nah, well, no, 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 no. Uh, Randy is American and okay. Fenton is British. Oh. But they were boyfriends back then. And oh, they're not, they're not, were, they're not together they, anymore? Oh, no, no. They haven't been together for decades. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, they haven't been together for at least 20 years. Wait, for, for those of you who aren't as into RuPaul's Drag Race as I am, Fenton Bailey and Randy Barbado are the founders of World of Wonder. and they They're basically the architects of RuPaul's career. Yes, and I think she gives them credit for that. She does. Yes, she does. She does. They're the architects of RuPaul's career. They're the, they're the most consistent voices in her head. They created RuPaul's Drag Race with her for her as something to kind of do. It was mm-hmm. just sort of like they were starting to build um, 
a cadre of reality shows because they produce a lot of reality shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just looking for a property for RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Uh, RuPaul had just gotten sober and was kind of trying to figure out the next chapter of her life. And they said, you know, let's try this. And it worked. But, um, but Randy and Fenton first started out wanting to be pop stars. They were in a group called The Fabulous Pop Tarts, which was kind of like the blueprint for what would later become Delight. Oh, and uh, and okay. then when they they didn't find pop stardom, they just started managing people, and RuPaul was one of the people they managed, and then from there they started creating documentaries and and TV shows and you know that kind of thing. They did a lot of uh, hired gun work for VH1 mm-hmm. for a while, yeah, and uh, and their first big 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 movie as uh, as directors was the uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. Which RuPaul narrated. Yeah. Well, she was friendly with Tammy Hay, wasn't she? Yeah, they were all friends. Yeah. Um. So let's wrap up this episode. People are writing things in the chat room that have nothing to do with this. So they go to the sold out show at Fat Mary's. The grandma is there, and uh, they play this song. They were obviously not going to get to hear what the real song was, but then they have the song we just played over it, and then the episode ends. It's probably one of the only episodes in the season. That just sort of wraps things up. There's no cliffhanger. It's just that's the end right. of the episode. Uh, any final thoughts on the episode? Anything we missed? Is, 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 did you I don't think we missed say? anything. I mean, I think I think this episode is uh, is a good halfway point for the season. Yeah, and I think it, it, it's a it's the most clear indication of of a show at a creative in, internal war mm-hmm. between being a tacky reality show. Yeah. And a really interesting kind of docu-series portrait of a person. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact is that they needed to have a little bit of both in order to get the show sold. Yeah. And so hopefully, the, you know, I think everyone's hoping that this turns into a kind of a, a phenomenon a la Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. Are you getting that people, sense, though? Where people, what was that? Are you getting that sense? I am getting that sense. Oh, really? I am getting the sense. I am getting the sense that people really like the show a lot. Mm-hmm. The show got really good press. I think you would agree. It got yeah. great press. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't know that it's got the legs of Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. I think it'll. I think they'll get a second season, but they're going to have to really kind of fine tune where the show is going in order to, for that second season to resonate. Interesting, yeah, because Larry was, you know, Larry called me right when the show came out and was and was telling me like or asking me and imploring me to watch the show. He'd he'd binged it all like in two sittings, correct, Larry? And I never, I never, I never binge. I'm an anti binger. Oh, are you? And I got really, yeah, I don't. I th- I think you should watch it and kind of and think about it and feel it and rewatch it and all of that. Um, so I'm not a binger, but I binge this because I just I didn't want to. I also have a little bit of ADD, and sometimes mm-hmm. I don't go back. Yeah, if I let a show sit for too long. Yeah, um, but I wanted to see the whole show because I was, in, you know, because Alyssa's a friend, you know, Justin's a friend of mine, mm-hmm. you know, Randy and Fenton are friends of mine, and uh, you know, I wanted to be able to talk with them about it, but I also just wanted to be able to see it. Yeah. So, and I got really caught. I think if, it's it's the kind of show that if you. Watch it once and you get re- and you binge it, you will fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. I found myself nitpicking it as I rewatched the episodes today. 
and and I started to see the flaws really glaringly mm-hmm. today. Because I remember saying to you, I really like the show, and I still really like the show. But I, I also believe that you can really like something and see its flaws. Well, I'll tell you and, this. I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah. In episodes one and two, I took notes and analyzed it as I watched it for the first time. Same thing with three and four, right? This one we just did. And then for five and six, just by chance, I, just, you know, I said, you know what? I'm just going to put them on. And I did, and I was able to enjoy the show a lot more when I wasn't taking notes and trying to nitpick it. So I could see how it doesn't hold up to scrutiny but that when you do actually nitpick it, 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 you can take it apart very easily. But I could see how it's, yes. it's mindless, it's brainless when you just have it on. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a, it's an entertaining forty five minutes per episode. Mm-hmm. By the end of the eighth episode, you will be like, "Yeah, I'd like to see another season." The 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 last four minutes of the episode will mm-hmm. will pull you and then frustrate you mm-hmm. and then make you scream at your TV and then you know then you'll forget about it but like don't you else. agree don't you agree that the that the show could have been 25 30 minutes long it didn't need to be 45 minutes long yes i think that they were thinking you know about um selling it cuz i don't know if netflix has got it for the whole world i think they yeah. do but i think they were producing it with the idea that this could also have commercials yeah, because it's like forty-three minutes, or it's like that, that, that right. commercial. Right, so it's time. like yeah. a good. It's, it, you can you if you've sold it to any market that does commercial TV, it's mm-hmm. a forty-five minute episode. You can easily sell fifteen minutes of, of spots, and um, and it would be a, it would be a very tight snug hour. Yeah, um, and I also I also think that they're thinking about the future because eventually, I think the rights will revert back to them. Oh, I see, and then they can sell it. Yeah, and then they can sell it. Yeah. Any other final thoughts on this episode, Larry? I'm good. No, I think we, I think we were, I think we've been very detailed. We sure have. And now we're gonna, as we did last time, go out with our very <laughs> melancholy. <laughs> so, Larry, what, everyone should know Larry Flick. You can find him at Sirius XM Radio, where he has his show in depth. Where he interviews celebrities, drag queens, and people in the news. You can get the shows right now for free if you follow Larry Flick on social media at Larry Flick. And I'm going to tell you something. She has the blue check mark. She's verified. I'm verified. It's true. Yeah. But yeah, just just scroll through my social media every day. There's a new link, um, and you can listen for free. And and I highly encourage you to not only listen for free, but share the link with your friends. Yeah. Um, you interviewed us Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Peter Dinklage a couple weeks ago. He was great. Very serious. Yeah. Well, join us next week when we're going to talk about episodes five and six with my regular co-host, the person whose idea this was, Evan Ayers. We'll see you then. Mm.